Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of the book Ransom Notes and the subject of a documentary Ransom Notes and our visual Ransom Notes and, of course, the radio show, which she is the wonderful host, Catherine Ransom of Ransom Notes. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening each and every week. And she always has something wonderful. Again, Frank McKay here, but much more importantly, our host each and every week, Catherine Ransom. Catherine, how are you? Well, it's a beautiful day here in Illinois. I just had my uh, sandwich sitting out on our little patio of our apartment overlooking the park. The temperature was probably in the low 70s, and that's not bad for Illinois in August. Yeah. Is it usually higher or lower than that? It would usually be warmer. Wow. Right. You got hot. And we've had we've had some 90 de- temperature days recently. But I don't think that Illinois is the only state that's had some warm weather. I think some states have, in the West particularly, have had some very uncomfortable temperatures. So I cannot complain at all. No, definitely not. Yes. Some unusually hot um, weather for like Washington. I think it was the state of Washington had uh, had record breakers and uh, maybe Oregon. But, you know, you usually don't think of them as being very hot. Uh, Illinois, you don't usually think of being hot, hot. But it's, uh, you know, I think of Illinois as being cold, cold uh, when it wants to be. And, uh, and you well, could really get some cold days. The cold is when it comes in the in the winter, but we're sort of in the middle. We don't get cold, cold, and we don't usually get hot, hot, although we certainly have 100-degree days occasionally, so that's pretty warm. And then we have the humidity problem. But that's not really why we're here talking about the weather because you're not a weatherman and I'm not a weather woman. Mm-hmm. So we will... What about, I just want to know, do you have uh, state fairs in New York or do you just have county fairs and city fairs? We have a state fair every year and it's uh, it's always at the same place, the state fairgrounds in in Syracuse, which is about eight hours driving from, from my place to there, but it is an event. It is a big, big deal and it's always at the state fairgrounds. That's, that's what they call it, the state fairgrounds. And it's every year. It's in that same wonderful place. And I always think fondly of, of Syracuse because the State Fair. And which is pretty much the same thing that it is in the state of Illinois. I And ours is here in the capital city of Springfield. So we hear a lot about it and probably attend it much less than those who come from the far corners of the state. <laughs> uh, apparently, we also have one of the better livestock uh, exhibits uh, in in the U.S. I don't know that we're necessarily the best, but the livestock show with the animals and so forth really is is quite elegant, as well as the auctions when they sell off the winning cow or the winning pig or whatever it may be. And Marianne and I usually make one trip out to the fair. Our night is usually the opening night before it's really officially open, and that's the Thursday night when they have the state parade and people uh, come in and plan to enjoy. And 
we figure that they'll be, we are not attending because we figure there's going to be thousands out there listening to music and smelling the car, the cow manure and munching <laughs> down snow cones. But we really had sort of thought maybe we should have gone to the, the parade. And now we are really glad we did not because just shortly before all of these uh, bands and politicians, uh, uh, what do you call them? floats, before, just before they were about ready to take off, the Lord opened up the sky and an ocean of water came down. The winds blew down telephone poles, tree limbs, caused a lot of damage, stoplights went out, and they canceled the parade. Wow. And there was one person who complained why didn't they tell him ahead of time they weren't going to have the parade? Well, my intuition would say that the people that control the parade had no idea that God planned to dampen their enthusiasm with some rain. So we did not go and we did not miss the parade, but we're sort of glad that uh, maybe they didn't have it because maybe there'll be fewer people sick. I am certain there's gobs and gobs of people out there um, today. And, you know, it's sort of sad because lots of them will, even though they're supposed to wear masks, you know that they won't all have them on. So I have a list of complaints, ah. real live complaints that people have submitted to Thomas Cook Vacations. They're, you probably know they're a... A well-known travel agent. Big time. Big big time travel agency. Yeah, right. And evidently, these are some letters. And I'm just going to share a few because I cannot believe anybody would say this in a note back to the travel agency. On my holiday to Goa in India, I was disgusted to find that almost every restaurant served curry. I don't like spicy food. What would you expect if you went to India? <laughs> I, you know, it's just sort of crazy. Or this, these people who wrote their little notes said we were on a holiday to Spain, and we had a problem with the taxi drivers, as that they were all Spanish. <laughs> well, you know, Terrible. Czechoslovakian might have been funny for them to be. <laughs> well, this is you can listen to, and you'll probably chuckle. We booked an excursion to the water park, but no one told us that we had to bring our own swimsuits and towels. Oh. We assumed that would be a part of the price. <laughs> you know, you sort of wonder, Crazy. did they actually go into the pool <laughs> minus the swimsuit? I don't know. <laughs> no. I, I do remember the one time we went uh. to a hot water uh, park. Uh, uh, well, it was really sort of a place where you could go and sit and get rid of your aches and pains. And part of that fee did include these special swimsuits that they had that you would take into their uh, water that had the special minerals in it and all of that. So I do remember picking out a swimsuit that would theoretically fit my large frame. Mm -hmm. And uh, But generally, when you go on something like that, okay. Now, now, just think you're going to the beach, okay? Yeah. This person. The beach was too sandy. 
we had to clean everything when we returned to our room. <laughs> why would you go? <laughs> why, would you, why would you go to the beach if you didn't think it was going to have sand? Uh. And related, we found the sand was not like the sand in the brochure. Your brochure shows the sand as white. It was almost yellow. <laughs> and then I'll share one more. Yeah. No one told us that there would be fish in the water. The children were scared. Oh my gosh. Wow. Did you ever take did you ever take your kids to the ocean? Yeah, of course, all the time. All the time and and we assumed that God's creatures the fish in the ocean. By the way, sometimes you get some uh you know nasty little creatures like jellyfish and you can get stung and things like that. You can't blame the travel agent for that. But but some of those are ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it's just, wow, that's so silly. That's just people who, who just don't get it. And uh, you're not going to be, you're not going to make those people happy with any explanation. And you're leading right into my sort of application. It seems to me that we have Christians who make a silly of complaints and that they're almost impossible to please at time. And I was sitting here thinking about it. The, for example, the music today in churches is either too loud or too soft or too slow or too fast or too repetitive or the temperature's too hot or too cold. And the other day we had someone complain that our communion service was too serious. And at the same time, somebody else complained that it wasn't serious enough. Wow. And, you know, that must be really, really hard for church leadership to know what to do as well as Thomas Cook to know how do you please all your customers you know it's I, it, it, to me it's amazing if you're a christian you want people to be you want people to be happy you don't want to uh, complain because if you complain uh, you know maybe you you kind of steer it more towards uh, the elderly right if you if you you know, maybe I, I'm interested in things that uh, older people would like, but younger people wouldn't. But at the same time, I, I'm not going to be here forever, and I want younger people coming to my parish. I want people coming to my church. So I, I don't want them to steer it towards me. I want them to bring in some new people, and I'll enjoy that. I'll enjoy the, the, the progress of the church. Uh, or if you're a young person, you know, you don't want to alienate the folks who have been been good Christians for 80 years and 90 years and and to just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. We, you, you've got to, it's, it's a little give and take on these things, but especially when you're a Christian, you should, you should understand that. Well, and you've described a, a, a problem we have at the church to which I attend is that we have really a very good youth program, and it's well publicized. And we try to do things for seniors, but it seems like helping seniors know that something is happening must be more difficult. Or maybe we don't spend quite as much time advertising or preparing for it or getting them involved. But it is a problem to keep that balance that you have programs that are appropriate for the various age levels. Because I'll tell you, when I was 15, I did not want the same things that I like and approve and not approve, but enjoy as a 86 year old. So um, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I, anytime you're a leader, and we're talking about a church leaders right now, 
that's it's a it well no wonder they get paid something because it's a hard job we people just aren't always happy and that's you know that's sort of sad we ought to be sort of able and i i have to admit i'm guilty sometimes of complaining and thinking well why didn't they do it this way and i remember and i hadn't even planned to think about this out loud but we are trying to get our adult bible school class going again and we are are trying to do it so that it's healthy and we've tried to get it down in the lower level of our church building we've had it now about 10 weeks but the seating just didn't seem right so class was over the minister that had taught the class Sunday had gone back upstairs to say goodbye to the people that were going to second church service and three of us women I know leave it to women decided that we were going to rearrange the furniture in the basement and try another seating arrangement I mean now can you believe it here we are all of us seniors and we are rearranging nine long six or eight foot tables probably eight foot tables with uh, about 45 chairs and the microphone and the podium and the chalkboard we're rearranging all of those down in the lower level totally rearranging and we think it's going to be a wonderful new arrangement seating arrangement but i did have the courage to email the pastor that's been teaching the class the last couple of weeks and saying you better go down and look because you may not like what we've done <laughs> and but i said you know there were three of us because i didn't want him to just blame one of us if he didn't like it so i had i had to admit but i sort of think it may work you know it's the struggle and maybe other listeners have had the same problem it's the struggle of trying to again be safe and yet keep the community that is so important in whether it's schools or your home your relatives but especially with church and we've got everybody so isolated we've done things online we've zoomed all of those type things we've had masks on so you can't see smiles and we're losing that connectedness yeah. that and, and it's not intentional it's nobody's fault it's just happening because if you really have this community and i'm using that term that you've built relationships that you're enjoying people that you're smiling at them that you're saying a happy kind of word or you're inquiring about how their grandparent was that was really ill or i just had news that somebody's uh grandchild was had the covid now two of them a little a little under one year old and a four-year-old oh wow And, and and we need to be able to share that information quickly with folks because that's how you learn to care and the this uh isolation is not good for any of us i really pity the school teachers that are trying now to bring kids back together after being isolated for almost a whole school year and one day it's wear mask and the next day it's don't wear mask and uh, we're going to see them far apart or we're going to do it back to Zoom. But the children are coming back and they don't know each other. And you've got to start all over again. It's like having a whole room full almost of total strangers. And um, it, 
we, the Lord wants us, he made us human beings to care about others, to want to smile at them, to want to talk. And we aren't measuring that, I don't think, too much as we try to recover. And some of us, I think, sort of begin to worry just a little bit about it. And I, that, that's sort of sad. Well, I hate to tell you this, Frank, but I'm about ready to celebrate another birthday. Oh, wh when is it? When is your birthday? And it's not my 18th. <laughs> and it's not even my 80th. And I've already passed 85. We are going to be celebrating the 86th. And one of the nicest things happens sometimes is you have friends. And this last weekend... Friends helped me celebrate an early because it, my birthday really isn't until the 8th of September. So that means it's uh, three weeks off, roughly, something like that. That's pretty close. Yeah. And so we had a party and it was a, it had it had another ulterior, ulterior motive. But we had a party and we got together and there were seven of us and we were in a friend's home. We had they brought in pizza and we enjoyed that, and we had cupcakes with candles in them that I had to blow out, and, you know, all of this sort of warmth. And then we added with it an opportunity to do memories. And our hostess, her family for years, uh, for actually for about 20 years, had the most wonderful 4th of July party, the kind of thing that makes that friendship that we talked about earlier in the togetherness. And each 4th of July, they would have planned ahead, cleaned out a field that was behind their apartment house. And a team would come out and mow the grass and cut the weeds and put down the, the bases so that we could have three baseball games that afternoon. Mm. We would bring chairs and we would start it out with a parade. And the parade would prepare and line up inside the neighbor's garage and the garage door would go up and out we would come and i often got to be at the front of the line with my flag with the u.s flag and i was the flag bearer and people were dressed up or they might have simple costumes and this group of people could be in the parade might not be everybody but we could have 40 50 people at this party i mean it was not just a little you know three three four five families it was a really jolly big one yeah. and then before the day was over we of course we always had to eat and we would probably have some volleyball and then there was always a pageant and some of the people that were so creative including the daughter of the host and hostess who are now not living <clears throat> they would create this play it was the craziest play you ever did think of but they had this creativity gene in them i guess and so we would do that and then we would always close with standing and singing the star spangled banner because it was a patriotic group well she invited her folks have been gone now probably 10 years and we probably haven't had the the party for 20 but we decided that it was a good time to celebrate my birthday and she drug out the old scrapbooks Wow. And do you have a bunch of scrapbooks at your house that occasionally you need to figure out a way to look at them? Yeah, we do, and, and photo albums. And yeah. any, any excuse to look at uh, photos of the kids, uh, my wife and I uh, lately have been 
have been getting more and more. Maybe we're getting a little more sentimental, but definitely any excuse we have to look at scrapbooks and photos, we will. Well, and this was, uh, there were seven of us there that night, and we had all been participants at this annual Fourth of July blast. And she had two giant scrapbooks, and fortunately they were loose leaf, so we would start a page around and then another page and so forth. So everybody could be looking at something and we would find somebody that had on the craziest costume and you forget how short shorts were back in the seventies for it, it. You know, it was, it was just really a fun time and, and memories are important and celebration is an, is an important event. I think we need to do more celebrating and we need to do more memory uh, opportunities, both for our families as well as our church friends. But friends are important. And I am so blessed with so many friends. And I do pray that every one of of our listeners today, Frank, have at least two or three friends that they can go to in addition to the Lord, because you can always go to him and pray and complain and ask forgiveness and seek help and thank him. But we also need some human beings to do the same thing. And as I as we live in this new area that's got lots of senior adults, and we're in the independent care, but there's all stages of the care here. And there's some people that live alone in their little apartment or in their parts of the of this uh, complex where they're all alone, zero, mm. bedfast, no family, no friends other than the staff. And that has to be lonely. And I guess my big soft heart, it just is, you know, it sort of bugs me when I see this and I want to go knock on their doors and the other day I had bought a a bag full of peaches that were fresh from southern Illinois and they were delicious and I knew there was one older woman who's 98 who had just moved into the partial care where you are not totally alone I knew she couldn't see because she's almost blind and I thought I know what I'm going to do and I took two three nice ripe peaches down to her uh just to cheer her up but we gotta we've got to make ways frank to help people you know they there's a lot of lonely people out there my friend wow just yeah do you know that during the pandemic the country of japan created a minister of loneliness and a minister of what loneliness loneliness It, it was a uh it, it, you know, I don't know how it translates, but that's how it what it said in in English. A minister of loneliness, and like you have a minister of defense, you have a minister yeah. of education. You have so Japan yeah. created, and you could look this up, a minister of loneliness, and it was because and this what this is a terrible fact to bring up, but it, I've got to bring it up uh, because the suicide rate was so tremendous. I think it was the month of October of 2020 and it was so alarming it was such a high uh, a, a high rate of suicides because people were well isolated um 
that they they created a a minister of loneliness who would explore i don't know exactly what they did but they they explored to find uh ways of keeping people that are isolated connected to the rest of the world and well to the rest of japan at least the rest of the country but uh yeah it, it is terrible i'm sorry to be a downer on that but that's you know it's an important fact there are so many people and and look we don't have a minister of loneliness so uh, it, it counts on us god's children Christ's children, and if you know of somebody who is lonely or you know somebody who's depressed, and it might not be the most pleasant time to visit them, but that's when the Lord needs you to go and and try to cheer them up. And whether it's with peaches or whether it's with just a little conversation, maybe a nice little smile or, are you okay? Is there anything you need? Can I help you? And we did a lot of that during the pandemic because we had people on our block who, and this is before uh, everything kicked in and people were uh, were delivering, uh, we would say, look, we're going to the supermarket. And we had, you know, we had about four or five people on the, on the surrounding blocks, and my kids did it, my wife did it, and I did it. And we, we would say, before we'd go to the store, we'd say, can we bring anything for you? And then sooner or later, the supermarkets got caught up, and they started delivering everything. And it was, it was much easier on, on everyone. But uh, we still checked on them. Just, hey, are you okay? If you need something, here's my number, you know. And um, my kids were wonderful during all four of them were wonderful with that, with the neighbors. They were good neighbors, good Christians. But, yeah, it's you bring up a great point, Catherine. And uh, Japan, <laughs> I, I, it's the only country I know that addressed it like that, the Minister of Loneliness. Well, I think th that would not <clears throat> be a bad position even in normal times for churches to add because too often we have partners die, the person still lives alone, they're semi-limited uh, to their home, if not totally. But the other point I'd like to, to make is what you have just done, and that is your family, and I'm not minimizing what you did, I'm, I'm congratulating it, but it did not take great skill, great talents, great brains, despite how many talents, skills, and brains you have, to be friendly, to check and see if they need some food, to say hi. Any of us can do that by phone, by wandering by the house, by sending out a note. It does not take huge amounts of money. Nope. It just takes a caring heart. And that's even if you're 98, you can know someone who's only 70, who's lonely, and you have the ability to pick up your phone. You can't walk around, you can't see very well, but you know how to dial the phone, and you call that 70-year-old, and you chat, maybe for two minutes, but two minutes of a chuckle. It's amazing how that's like sort of putting uh, chocolate syrup on top of bland ice cream. Yeah. It just sort of sparks up the day. I don't know. That's a crazy example, but uh, that was the only thing I could think of at the moment. No, wonderful. That's a wonderful example. That's but a, so I, I think we need to, to, to take your example and encourage our audience. Every single one of them needs to find at least one other person or family that needs just a little bit of attention and care and exchange 
you may find even some member of your own family needs a little bit of attention and care and maybe somebody else will find that because it's nice when it's not just a family member not that there's anything wrong with the family but if somebody outside the family steps in and also encourages it means even more so that's just sort of a great thing i want to ask you another question it seems like i'm always asking you questions right but do you ever have when because i know you do lots of radio programs and tv programs and all of that do you ever have any equipment that at the last moment sort of falls apart or doesn't work or you want to kick it in the side and throw it in the garbage can or whatever well i had a flight out to sacramento California and I was shooting a documentary and I had to uh, and I I don't usually like to uh, to uh, drop off luggage but I had to put two cameras these two cameras that I had um, and they were you know professional cameras and I I had to put it with and they were packed up nicely and they were packed up um, safely I thought and uh, and and I had to store them because they didn't have room you know, for one over overhead where they nicely would have fit. And when I got uh, when I got there, there a whole batch of luggage was crushed under uh, <gasps> under some large yeah, including my two cameras. So they worked, but they 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 barely worked. And when I got to the subject, the subject of the film, um there it was a lovely lady and i i said i said look i'm i i i don't know how to say this i'm gonna have to come back and i couldn't i I couldn't stay uh too long but i i said let's see what we can do and uh and i shot a i I shot a film but it was it was potluck you know like what uh, how long i can get it i had to i had to shake it i had to do this and we got some footage but i ultimately had to fly back out in uh in three weeks and reshoot it but it was uh, it, it was oh I, I was I was in a panic I was I I, uh, I I was getting the equipment to work but just barely and um, yeah so yes the short answer is yes uh, that's happened to me but I it, the the feeling of panic that comes across uh, in a situation like that because I didn't want to I, I didn't want to disappoint the subject of the uh, of the film either it was terrible to do but and that's even. And that's even a more uh, uh, much of a panic than the situation that I want to sort of share today. Yeah. Because this was your job, you and, and you were. It involved someone else besides yourself, which makes it doubly yes. uh, both embarrassing as as worrisome as frustrating. I think there's a whole lot of words that would describe the scenario. Well, I have uh, a Nikon D. 7100 which is not a professional camera but it's a very nice camera i i i and i love taking pictures and i have taken some pretty nice pictures i'm not a professional photographer at all but i but i can do a decent job but part of it is that i have a decent camera and it was the first one that i had that you know did the new the new method you didn't have to use film and you know all of these lovely things and i really enjoyed it and had taken it to africa a couple of times and used it well and suddenly one day about seven or eight months ago and time flies so it may have been even longer than that i went to use it and it wouldn't turn on 
and I couldn't make it work. I couldn't advance it. I couldn't get the light to turn on. I tried new batteries because they have one that you can charge or self they're recharging and I had three different batteries so because when I'd be on a safari you never knew when you would be have electricity to re you know to recharge them so I had three that I could rotate and if you're out on a shoot you sure don't want to run out of batteries just the time that the leopard hops in the tree that you want to shoot with the owl in front of him and which I'm describing a picture that I adore so I thought, well, what am I going to do? And by that time, our camera, local camera store where I had bought it had closed because of not enough business and moved back to St. Louis. There was no other professional camera store in town. I contacted a couple of friends who I knew also worked with cameras and enjoyed them. None of them knew a solution. We looked at it. I took it to a regular battery store thinking, well, maybe I'm not charging the battery correctly or maybe it's worn out, you know, because batteries, even rechargeables can wear out. They couldn't find anything wrong with the battery, but it didn't work. And so I put it on the shelf, keep thinking, what am I going to do? And one time at Christmas, we were coming down through St. Louis and I thought, well, maybe we could stop. And we tried, we had looked up an address of a camera shop. It wasn't open anymore, so we came on home. And I'm thinking, do I have to go back to St. Louis and try and find something? But as I said, my birthday is coming up, and my housemate's brother-in-law has a birthday on the same day. And so we meet, and they live in West Lafayette, Indiana. And we meet annually for many years, halfway between, around Champagne, between it, West Lafayette and Springfield, and we have dinner together and, you know, say happy birthday to each other and exchange cards and that kind of thing. I, I emailed them yesterday and said, by any chance, do they have a camera shop still open in their part of the world? Yes, they do. And I, in, the, in the email, I said, if so, do you think we could bring my camera at when we meet on September the 5th to celebrate the 8th? And then you'd take it back to West Lafayette, take it to the camera shop, let them look at it, see if it really was something wrong or if it was just my stupidity or do we need to send it back to the Nikon you know the camera company they said fine just let them know what brand I did so I emailed it but while I was getting the camera out to give them the exact information that it was a d7 100 I thought well you know just for craziness <laughs> I'm going to see if it'll work <laughs> you know what I'm going to say yeah it worked beautifully it worked beautifully. I had recharged the, I had put in a new charge battery because I knew it had been, you know, a long time. And sometimes batteries lose power just as they sit on the shelf. I do not have any idea what I did. I have no idea why it did not work. All I know is that a miracle happened. And I am so delighted because mid-September we're going on a, our first trip after all of this shutdown yeah. to the national parks in the west and I really wanted to take the camera with me we had a miracle it was something that I, I, I will never know what happened and maybe it'll go dead but I was thinking you know me I'm going to make some kind of connection yeah. maybe God 
needs needed to put it on the shelf, I had to put it on the shelf, and then it repaired itself. Sometimes I think he needs to put us on a shelf <laughs> and let us recharge our batteries, restore our energy, re-engage our love for whatever we're doing, and then he miraculously restores our energy and we get going again. And that's the reason that sometimes ministers need sabbaticals. That's why sometimes it's good to have a vacation if you work. It's that recharging. I don't know what happens, but we get so pressed with the days to days problems that sometimes we just need to shut our eyes and chill. And I think maybe that's why some people go off of Facebook for a week or a month. Yep. They've gotten overcharged. All I know is I have a miracle. My little camera is sitting here. It will go packed in my suitcase when we leave. And I am going to start working more on trying to recharge my own battery as well as encouraging others to think about how do we become eager and full-time workers and care about others if we don't take a little moment to, um, to stop and rest? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I, I say it all the time. You could take a little acorn, and the little acorn happened to be a, an equipment failure, a temporary equipment failure, and you could turn it into an oak tree within five minutes. You could turn an acorn into an oak tree, Catherine. Uh, that is just wonderful. What uh, what a wonderful thought. And you're right. And you you brought this up quite a few times, and I and I appreciate it. You you point out to uh, to the audience that the the ministers need to recharge their batteries, or the ministers need to be, or the pastors, or the priests, or the the nuns, or whoever. But the folks that are bringing the word of the Lord. They need to 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 be encouraged. They need to be appreciated too, because so often they're uh, they're taken for granted. Uh, you know, in this particular case, uh, you, you didn't take your your camera for granted, but you took a little a little sabbatical for it. You put it up on a shelf, and uh, you know who knows what happened. Maybe you pushed one button or whatever. I, I wouldn't call it stupidity. It's you know you're not supposed to be a camera expert. You've taken beautiful photographs the one that you're talking about the cheetah and the and the owl is just amazing i mean that's an award-winning you know that would win awards that would uh, you know any a professional photographer would love that uh to to claim that they took that and you've you've got a bunch of things like that but you're right we have to sometimes put ourselves on the shelf uh, or others have to put themselves on the shelf just to ju just to make things right again it's a it, uh, it's sort of tying into the the real need to to uh, provide thinking and thoughtful and quiet and off moments for uh, minister staff or priest or whatever you know leaderships of, of workers for the church uh, and it isn't just the lead puppy it's also the support puppies underneath them that also need uh, often get even more. Uh, challenging and negative remarks and overwork and uh, and it happens in large companies too. It's not relegated just to the church, but we're sort of focusing on 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 that. But uh, we 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 do need we do need to uh, to remember that. And I, I'm glad you've made that point. And 
uh, I don't know. Hey, but did you, changing the subject totally, yes. as sort of as we draw to a conclusion, did you hear the big news about Tyler Gilbert, who is a rookie pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Yes, he had, he had pitched a no-hitter in his first game ever. Of, uh, as as a rookie, his debut start, his debut start. Well, go ahead. I don't want to steal your thunder there, but but that is an amazing, uh, amazing feat. Yes, tell tell everyone if you can. Well, you didn't steal my thunder. I led you into it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was his first major league pitching deal, and he uh, and th th he was the fourth. Uh, this is the fourth time that a first-time pitcher in the major major leagues is first uh, starting out as the um, the whatever you call the the first pitcher anyway the opening starting, opening starting pitcher. pitcher starting pitcher starting pitcher and uh, it was the only the fourth time in the history of baseball recorded baseball that a first timer did it and the the one preceding him was done in 1953 uh, which is quite a few years ago. The other point, and of course, you know, I'm going to make an adaptation that even not, I would suggest that even novice Christians, when it's your first time as a Christian and or as a follower or of, of your faith, that you're a follower, you still have the ability and the responsibility and the enthusiasm to help and lead and win someone else just like he won the ball game for the team you too have as a beginner and a novice have the opportunity to win and help and support for the whole team of followers even as a newbie and we forget that we sometimes think and sometimes that new pitcher has more enthusiasm than someone who has pitched 300 games because I am so excited. My family is all watching. This is my first time. If I don't do well, maybe I'll get fired. What if I really bomb? Think of the nerves in the inside that person because I can't even imagine being out there throwing that ball as fast as they do before, thousands of eyes. And knowing that if I even sort of wiggle too much, the ball will go away and the catcher can't even get it. Right. The, the, the pressure. And this guy did it on his – there's seasoned pitchers who have never had a no-hitter. It is just incredible. And the same thing can happen with a new Christian. Then a friend and I were talking about it, and he added the second part to that story on, on Saturday when the game took place. In the ninth inning – the San Diego Padres. batter, right. two, yeah, the Padres, the, their batter, the last batter up, hit a long drive out into left field, center field, which could have ruined his no hitter. But no, center, feed, feed, center fielder Cattell Marty. Or M A R T E. I, I Marte, Marte, Marte. Okay, happened to be able to swoop down and catch that ball before it hit the ground, saving the no hitter. Wow. Now, who's more responsible for that no hitter? Is it our pitcher, 
or is it our center fielder? It isn't either or. Neither could have happened. They could not have had a no-hit game if the pitcher hadn't done his job. But the pitcher couldn't celebrate if he hadn't had that center fielder who was incredibly talented and managed to scoop up that long, long hit. Now, the same thing is when you want to be a follower of the, of the Lord. We need helper bees. Our pastors, our leaders, our priests, they need a support team. And that support team, Frank, is you and me and our audience. We all have to pitch in and do what we can if we are going to have a winning game. And with that, I'm just glad it would be so much fun to be in the family of our Tyler, Tylen Gilbert yeah. and celebrate. But it's equally wonderful to be in the family of the Lord and celebrate together when a team does something, whether it's rearranging the furniture in our basement of our church to try and make the seating more friendly and more able for people to hear, or whether we are trying to uh, raise money to help uh, missions, whatever it is, it needs a team effort. It is so much fun to talk with you, Frank. Thank you. Catherine, uh, amazing. Just always uh, always wondering what you're going to come up with each and every week, but it's always encouraging. It's always lovely. And every one of these stories, uh, you know, even on the surface, if, uh, if, if it seems like it's going to be harsh, there's always a lesson at the end. You're wonderful, Catherine, and it's too early to wish you a happy birthday. It's not yet. <laughs> I won't rush you, but 86 is a... You know, is, is is a is a great age, but it's not old anymore. People are people are living well past a hundred, and I want to tell everybody that just to encourage folks. Listen, I know a lot of people in in assisted living, uh, the villa uh, around here. They're listening. My, uh, you know, some friends of mine and some other uh, places uh, are are listening, and I say that to all of them. And Catherine Ransom at the age of eighty six at the age of 86 is is doing more not even at 86 85 she made a documentary she had a radio series now she's the radio show host of her own show and uh, and she was a year out of writing her first book and she's got another book on the way so uh, that is just wonderful you're an inspiration Catherine thank you very much you're welcome have a good day and to all of you out there and I know if you've been listening to us for any period of time i i assume that you're christians and if you're not uh, you're welcome to listen and welcome to chime in and ju just wonderful stories get the book ransom notes uh wonderful wonderful author and uh watch the documentary and everyone uh look up Catherine ransom and you'll get more information than uh than you can look at quickly but you just look at it all and binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.